0: Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Now, you are an environmental geochemist,
1: right? Um, I'm a probably by by background I'm a geologist, but most of my career I was doing what I would call environmental geochemistry.
0: What is that? How do you describe it?
1: Well, first, thanks thanks for uh, having me on your podcast. I'm I'm looking forward to to chatting. So, I was trained as a geologist and then as a geochemist, and a geochemist is basically a geologist who looks at how chemical reactions between rocks and waters happen, and then I became an environmental geochemist to look at how um, reactions between rocks and and waters and contaminants and things like that. Influence the environment and and looking at how um, how we can help um, understand environmental issues and maybe clean them up um, or or prevent or mitigate them so all all again tied to how we how rocks and and chemical precipitates and things like that interact with waters and how that influences the environment.
0: Wonderful, you know. I think a lot of people really underestimate how uh, environmentally conscious many geologists are, uh, with all the impact of mining. But uh, they really are some of the most environmentally conscious people I've met.
1: That's right. Well, and and I started out my my background actually looking at how mineral deposits form. Um, so I, I studied deposits that were formed by the ancient equivalents of a geothermal system, like you see at, at Yellowstone. But very quickly, so I I understood that that society needs resources, it needs mineral resources in order to be able to, we, we need it for our cars, our bikes, our electronics, our cell phones, our houses. And so it became very important for me to help understand how um, when you, mining of ore deposits um, can result in environmental issues. And so how can I apply, could I apply my knowledge of of how the deposits form and their geologic characteristics to understand how we might better prevent or mitigate and then clean up the effects of of mining. So understanding, predicting and preventing mod- the environmental implications from modern mining, but then also helping clean up the uh, effects of historical mining.
0: Wonderful. Now, you're not a practicing geologist at the moment, are you?
1: Well, I, I guess I would I would say that in a way I am. Uh, I about five years ago I decided to uh, apply for a senior management position within the U.S. Geological Survey, and so I've I've essentially moved into the management side, and now as the uh, chief scientist of the U.S. Geological Survey or USGS as I like to call it, I get to help facilitate scientific research from all across what the USGS does and so I'd say the the best way to describe the USGS is that we we do earth system and biological system science and and we do a lot of interdisciplinary and transdisciplinary research Um, we look at things like energy and mineral resources we look at natural hazards like earthquakes volcanoes landslides, we look at at um, coastal processes, we look at um, ecosystems, fish, wildlife, we look at fish and wildlife health, um, we do remote sensing, we do geophysics, we do environmental hazards work, um, environmental implications of of resource development, we look at water quality issues, a whole wide range of things like that. So, in a way, I get to look at geology and how geology plays a role in in the Earth system and in the biological system as well.
0: So you're a bit of a rock star, aren't you?
1: <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. I, I get to work with a lot of people who are. Um, there are just some really phenomenal scientists. That, uh, that's one of the great parts of my job, is that I get to... Um, look at and and learn about what people are doing across a whole range of of different disciplines and try to help them work together so i i get to try to understand how how people might get to work together across all these disciplines and i get to look for opportunities for how we uh work with with other scientists and academia and other federal agencies and in a lot of different entities. And so it's it's a really fun job because I get to work with so many different scientists.
0: That is something I've noticed with geochemists. They tend to take a really uh, holistic and interdisciplinary approach to their science.
1: Yep. And, and that's actually been one of the really fun things about my career. I started out as a geologist and then moved in and I had some really great mentors at the USGS that helped me Move down temperature, so to speak, from the geothermal systems that formed ore deposits to uh, the temperature of the environment. And there are actually big changes in in geochemical processes between the geothermal environment and the regular environment. And then I was able to um, sort of later on in my career move into how minerals Interact with fluids in the body and look at how those interactions might influence uh, human health. So we, I worked with some really fun people, um, uh, in the public health community to look at things like asbestos and 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 soils. Um, we uh, looked at we had a project in about ten years ago where we were helping CDC and and Nigeria understand the source of an outbreak of of lead poisoning in, in northern Nigeria. So it, anyway, it's it's been a really fun, fun, diverse career that I've been able to have.
0: And what got you into this in the first place?
1: Oh well, um as a geologist and then a geochemist, I actually one of the um, one of the inspirations was a um there's a, a famous geochemist whose last name is Fife. Uh, came in when I was in grad school, gave a really interesting talk where he was, um, he gave probably 10 different examples of all these re- really neat projects that he was working on, uh, uh, ranging from how magmas crystallize to environmental issues to uh, just a whole bunch of different types of. Of uh, projects that really were to me quite exciting because I got to see how many different things that I could apply my geochemical knowledge to.
0: Wonderful. And why did you go into geology in the first place?
1: Well, that's an interesting question. I uh, I was originally planning on going into biology when I was an undergraduate, but my older sister had gone into uh, had gone into geophysics, and she said, you know, you really would have fun if you took a geology class. So. After my freshman year, I took a summer class in geology, and I was hooked and it was It was great going outside and being able to look at mountains and 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 be able to understand how they formed and how they got to the shape they were um what what were the rocks making up them and and so it it just became a really cool job to help me understand. Uh, how I could help understand the Earth, and so that was the the great thing about the geologists and Then being a geochemist, moving into geochemistry and then moving into the work that we did with with the public health people, it, geology actually provides a lot of knowledge that can be applied in many different directions to look at a whole bunch of different topics that are important to society. Jeff, I have found that
0: many careers tend to be fairly circuitous. It's very rarely a linear route from uh, school to where you end up. Now, you've already mentioned that you changed a little bit uh, from geology to geochemistry. I'm curious, have you faced any setbacks or crisis of faith in your career?
1: Well, no, I I, I wouldn't say setbacks, but I've been lucky enough to work for an agency, the USGS, that has given me a lot of flexibility to move in a lot of different career paths within within the overall field of geology, geochemistry. And so one of the really fun things is that that each time I change the direction within the geology or within the earth sciences, that requires me to learn a whole new set of of principles and and scientific. Uh, facts and and so it, it's it's been truly instead of setbacks there have been sort of a a series of challenges each time I've moved in my career into a different direction that gives me a lot of fun learning about new things. So when we started working on how minerals might interact with the body to influence health, I got the chance to start working with. Um, pulmonologists and doctors and, and public health specialists. And so, I, not that I was becoming a, a doctor and, and not that I was pretending to practice medicine without a license, but I was actually able to use my knowledge of geology to help them understand how they could better understand um, things like how asbestos interacts with the body to cause health effects or the source of lead poisoning in these uh, villages in northern nigeria um so it it truly has been a series of great challenges being able to learn a lot of new different new things but the key the key part of it all is how i could use my basic knowledge of geology and the disciplines mineralogy geochemistry geophysics um uh, and then apply them working with collaborators from other disciplines like environmental chemistry like analytical chemistry like public health and and help solve problems when we work together in this interdisciplinary or or transdisciplinary mode
0: wonderful it's not really a setback if you have that kind of attitude
1: yeah i i i would never really say that i've had i i've been very fortunate in my career i've never had setbacks that I would say, um, but just a series of challenges that I've I've ended up getting myself into, and so I, the latest one, of course, is moving into a senior management position where I'm using entirely different skill sets, but all based again on my uh, on my ability to understand geology and how it might be applied to look at a whole lot of different problems that go well beyond geology into things like hazards and 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 soils and wildlife disease and things like that. All the different things that the USGS works on.
0: Great. Now you mentioned some of the work that you've done in the past. Um, Have you made any discoveries that you'd care to share or anything that you'd care to elaborate on?
1: Well, I, I don't know that I can lay claim to any big discoveries in term, any, anything momentous, but I, I would like to say that, that, what I've been able to do with my career has actually provided, um, has provided opportunities for other people to move into similar directions. So some of my colleagues at the USGS uh, moved similarly um, from looking at at ore deposits to environmental implications of of mining and how we can help uh, mitigate or prevent those. Um, we I was able to um, paved the way for others, other scientists to have really interesting careers looking at, at geology and health as well. And, and I've also been inspired by similar people who've, uh, been, who've gone before me, and, and so it, it, I'm helping sort of maintain the cycle.
0: That's the mark of a good leader. You leave room for your team to uh, pursue their own strengths, and you get some really interesting results.
1: Yeah, and and what I the other thing that I really am getting out of my career currently is, is being able to make connections and and help one group of people who may not know about a different group of of scientists with different capabilities and say oh well you ought to talk to these folks they can they can go uh, you can work with them and and apply these and one of the great things about this job is helping make connections between. Scientists of different disciplines who work within different parts of the USGS or, or scientists from the USGS who work with people outside the USGS in areas like, um, like hazards or, or public health or things like that.
0: I'm at UBC, and it's so big that we're often stunned by the research being done in other departments. Uh, but I bet that in an organization as large and diverse and spread out as the U.S. federal government, uh, there's a lot of opportunity to be surprised when you find out what other people are working on.
1: Yep, that's right. Well, and 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 the USGS is is in many ways like a big university with all these different disciplines working together, um, and uh, or in different departments and the the fun part is getting the different discipline departments together working working together to create um science that really transcends what each of the individual disciplines can do.
0: What are you working on right now?
1: There are a lot of different things going on. There's a lot of interest currently in climate and climate change and and the u s g s has quite a bit of science going on related to uh climate change impacts so what are the impacts of of changing climate on coastal processes what are impacts of climate on on uh, fish and wildlife uh, how that might play a role in in fish and wildlife health or migration pathways biodiversity um how do how does climate change affect things like water availability which is including Water quantity, water quality, uh, and and so how does environmental, or how does how does climate change influence things like uh, potential for water contamination, or what are the issues associated if there's a water shortage? Uh, what might there need to be in the way of reuse of water for uh, uh water that's been used for one thing coming? from treatment and, and being reused. So there's all sorts of different things that, that we're working on related to uh, to climate change or climate change impacts. Uh, we also have a lot of folks that are, are working on hazards, like looking at uh, volcano hazards, uh, eruptions. We had a lot of people working on the, um, for example, the eruptions in 2018 in Hawaii, on the Big Island and the ongoing eruption in Kilauea. Um, We've got folks working on coastal, um, coastal erosion and sediment transport, what happens to beaches, uh, and what happens to uh, coasts during major storms. Uh, So it's just, it's the really fun thing about the USGS is that we just cover so many different topics. It's, it's like learning a, a little bit about a lot of different topics, which is, in a way, really, really interesting. There are a lot of topics that I would love to learn more about, and uh, maybe when I retire, I'll have the time to dig into them in more detail. But I'll leave it up to my colleagues who know so much more about all these different uh, topics in detail, but basically help them work together across with other other scientists to uh, to make really cool integrated science happen.
0: You're right. When you explain it like that, it really does sound like the USGS is its own university, a university of earth science.
1: Well, yeah, and, it, and it's earth science, it's biological science, it's chemi- chemistry science, it's uh, remote sensing, it's just all, all these many different disciplines. And um, so it's a really, really great place to work.
0: Wonderful. Whenever you get bored of one topic, just hop on another one.
1: <laughs> yep. And and uh, see what we can do to to help learn about different areas and, and working together.
0: Excellent. Now, um, one of my favorite parts of these interviews is field stories. Uh, I've never gone to the field myself, but apparently it's this magical place where wonderful things happen and sometimes some not so wonderful things. Uh, do you have any stories from your time in the field that you'd care to share?
1: Well, I do have quite a few. I I now that I've I'm in management position, I don't make it out into the field nearly as often as I would like to. That was actually I forgot to mention early on that was one of the parts about being a geologist that really really intrigued me and I really enjoyed was being able to get out and do field mapping or collection of samples. So, of course, now now in the latter part of my career as I'm as I'm in a senior management position, I don't get out into the field very much. And especially with the pandemic, I have not been out to be able to visit our folks who are getting out into the field. But um, so I I do have a lot of uh, fond remembrances of, of doing field work um, in a lot of really nice places and a lot of really interesting places. So we've uh, we've done field work in the Cascades, looking at, at volcanoes and, and how um how the same kinds of processes that form an ore deposit actually um have geochemical reactions that alter the rocks and volcanoes that influence their geologic ability to create uh debris flows um so we got to spend time hiking on a number of different cascade volcanoes. Uh, we've been to a lot of different mine sites um, where there were environmental issues in the U.S. Historical mine sites, or or a, a couple of recent uh, um, mine sites where there were environmental issues in the late '80s, early '90s. But uh, I've been able to travel internationally. We had a project in the Philippines looking at um, doing an an independent assessment of mining-related environmental and health concerns there. Um, that was very interesting. Uh, so we've, we've done quite a bit of work in a lot of different places that I've had the opportunity to, to do traveling and again, looking at a lot of different topics. So it's, it's all been a lot of fun. There's probably way too many stories that I could tell that I don't want to bore anybody. And there's not any, not anyone in particular that, that really sticks out, but a lot of adventures, that's for sure.
0: Where was your favorite place to do field work?
1: Well, I've got to say that, that doing work in the Colorado Rockies, I spent 30 plus years of my career based out of Denver, and we did a lot of work in the Rocky Mountains, um, both geological and um, environmental. Um, I very much enjoyed working in the Cascades. That's a really spectacular area. Um, we've and I really enjoyed getting a chance to work in the Philippines and and work with some really great people over there. Um, so there's, I don't have any one particular favorite place, but um, just a lot of really, really nice places to go. The other thing that we've worked on, too, sort of later in my career before I moved into this management job was that I uh, started recognizing that we could... As environmental geologists and geochemists, we could really help understand what are the implications, environmental and health implications of of disasters. And so we started working on on, uh, Hurricane Katrina, for example. We went and did a study uh, looking at at the flood sediments that were left behind in New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. Um, we've done quite a bit of work on on what's in ash and smoke from wildfires. We did quite a bit of work there um those were not really necessarily um, we were looking at forests that had burned, so that was that was not a, that was a very challenging environment to work in um but we were learning very important things about what's left behind uh as these wildland fires are burning um in during times of drought and so it it's it it's again all all, all of these different topics are, have just been really fun for me to be able to to uh, help understand and and help address issues that are are important to society like if if wildland fire happens, um, what can we predict about what might be in the ash or the smoke that would be a potential health hazard to humans? Or as rain falls on it, what would be the impacts on water quality? And, and so as we better understand what those impacts are, we can better predict and, and help plant, people plan for um, and, and mitigate impacts uh, in future fires.
0: Those are both really relevant to my part of the world. I mean, this past summer, we had wildfires all across b c and uh, just a few weeks ago we had torrential downpours, which caused flash flooding in some very important agricultural areas. So uh, soil contamination is something we're very concerned about
1: yep and 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 the u s g s um those are areas that um, we have our hazard specialists working on. so I was able to both uh, post fire debris flows. Um, post wildland fire debris flows, and then um, what happens with flooding, which is um, too much water rather than in drought, which is too little water, but what happens and and what are are some of the implications for the environment, what are implications for aquatic species uh, and wildlife in areas that are flooded, either as a result of intense storms or or um, hurricanes, or or post fire debris flows, or things like that—all
0: very important work.
1: Certainly, very interesting. That's for sure.
0: Now, I'm curious. Uh, what's the best part of your work?
1: Well, you probably could. Uh, you can probably tell getting to work with so many really sharp scientists across so many different disciplines, both within the USGS and and outside, all my different colleagues in I, I've really got enjoyed working with all our colleagues in medicine and public health. Um, that's That's been one of the highlights, but also so many wonderful, smart colleagues within the USGS as well across so many different disciplines. That's been the best part.
0: It's funny. I get to work in a museum stuffed with gems and jewels, and you get to work with the gems and jewels of academia.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to put it. I appreciate that.
0: Now, the inverse, of course. Uh, what's the worst or the most challenging part of your job?
1: Well right now the job that I'm in currently the senior management uh, there's never a dull moment the, the pace is very very fast and it's never boring it it is very very busy and all my colleagues in senior management at the USGS and and the folks that we interact with at, in other agencies are all extremely busy and and it it's very easy to have a, a single day where you have where you go from call to call to call and each one is on a different topic and uh, one way i realized that um just how many different topics i deal with in a day is that i if i i i create folders on my computer desktop and i i file i take notes or i file a new uh, a new attachment from an email into different topical folders, and one day I looked and they were i I had organized my folders by by recent to to older and i I could see the date and i I had twenty five different topics twenty five different folders, and so that was one day's worth that that was a fairly unusual day to have that many usually i I have much smaller. Number of topics to deal with, but I would say ten different topics, and all my colleagues in senior management are the same way we 're always dealing with many different things and so and and being uh, having my focus looking at all the different science that the u s g s does that tends to make my my job quite busy as it does the director of the u- the acting director of the u s g s and and other senior managers as well. So that's that's probably the most challenging aspect is just looking at so many different things in the course of a day, but it's never dull, that's for sure. <laughs> You're constantly
0: putting out wildfires of your own.
1: <laughs> yep, that's right. That's very good.
0: <laughs> now I am curious, uh, do you identify as belonging to any underrepresented communities? And if so, do you feel like that's impacted your career?
1: Well, I, I, I must say that I... I I don't identify with any underrepresented communities, but on the other hand, I am very, very committed to, as are all my colleagues at the USGS, to providing an environment that does address the needs of underrepresented and disproportionately affected communities. And we're we're all, um, one of the things that we very much would like to do is, uh, is provide ways to make the USGS as a career pathway for um diverse uh diverse scientists and, and I feel very lucky to have had such a great career and I want to do what I can to help uh, all sorts of different scientists from all walks of life have similarly rewarding refra- um uh great careers and so we're we're very committed to doing Whatever we can to uh, to engage scientists and figure out ways that and we can uh, attract kids into science, get them interested in STEM, get them interested in the Earth and biological sciences at, at an early age. What can we do to to help um, get them interested in doing things like going to um, undergrad in Earth and biological sciences? Uh, what can we do to help promote? uh promote uh, school careers, graduate careers, postgraduate careers, and then at, at the USGS careers that they will have similarly long enjoyable um, and and um, gratifying careers similar to what I've had. So again we're we're very committed to looking at what we can do to really enhance um, our ability to attract folks um, from a whole, spectrum of of communities and uh, get them working as well we're also very very committed to doing uh, co production of science that's been something that uh, we've we've got a small but growing number of social scientists that work in the usgs and what can we do to have them help us learn how to better engage communities? All the science that the USGS does is essentially place-based in some way, shape, or form, um, because we're we're looking at 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 how the Earth and the biological systems might affect communities or or people, or or environments all across uh, the landscape. And so, how can we? How can we better engage the communities and understand what the problems are that they're actually dealing with? How can we produce the science? How can we work with them? How can we produce science that is most beneficial to them? And in a way, how can we communicate the science we do in a way that's that's really reachable by a a wide range of of cultures and and folks with different uh, different backgrounds, different educations, things like that. So it's all part of a big package that that we really all collectively as as a science community need to be working towards, I think. And so the USGS is very I've been very pleased to see what the USGS is, has been doing and and once I moved from the science ranks into the management ranks, I became much more aware of all the different things we're doing and and we're very much I'm very much pleased to be part of that to try to help, help do whatever I can to improve that or or to make, uh, to make a, a much bigger difference in that realm.
0: That's a really progressive way of practicing science, uh, tying it into the communities where it's being conducted uh, in their own backyards. It's great to hear.
1: Well, and and uh, and this is again one of the things that I mentioned: the social scientists that that. I didn't have a lot of training in in science communication other than to present the results of of my science to other people that had similar technical backgrounds. And and so once I moved into a a senior management position, I worked with our communications people to try to figure out how I could actually make my my communication uh, much more reachable and understandable by people who didn't have a similar technical background. But it's not just that, it's it's how can we uh how can we do our science, how can we work with the communities as we're doing the science? What can we do to get them involved? And so the social scientists are are providing very key insights for us to be able to help help us do that job better. And that that was also one of the challenges of working in the Philippines, where we were not only um, working in a different country, but we were working with people that um, many spoke English, but a lot spoke Tagalog, uh, the the uh, the the language that's spoken in the Philippines. And we we very much engaged um, some folks from the local university in in the Phil- University of the Philippines, and and they were very essential to us doing our work. So it just again showed. Why we need to be working with folks from the from wherever it is that we were working on the ground, and engaging them.
0: Wonderful. Now you talked a bit about the diversity of science being done within geology. Uh, intellectually, it's a very diverse field.
1: Yep, that's right. Well, geology is sort of a broad topic, and so when I got, that was one of the really interesting things. Uh, when I got into it, because there are different sub-disciplines in geology. There are geophysicists who help understand how physics uh, plays a role in the Earth's magnetic field, how we can use that to understand the structure of the crust beneath us. Um, There are geologists that study how magmas form and how they crystallize. There are geologists that study how sediments form and are transported, how they get turned into rocks. There are metamorphic petrologists who understand what happens when rocks get buried very deeply and subjected to heat and pressure. What are the changes there? There are geochemists who look at how fluids interact with rocks. There are geochemists who look at, at how magmas crystallize and what, what processes uh, occur as they crystallize. Um, there are just all sorts of different subdisciplines of geologists. And Similarly, I'm finding as I'm in my chief scientist job with the USGS, finding all the different disciplines of biologists that we're looking at, uh, that are, we're working with. So we have, um, uh, I, I've worked with wildlife toxicologists, wildlife epidemiologists, uh, I've worked with microbiologists, uh, I've worked with analytical chemists. So it's again, it, it Geology is is one big discipline, but it's got a whole lot of different subdivision disciplines. The same way with biology, same with ecosystems, ecology, and and chemistry as well. So, he, so it, it the world is quite complex, and and the science is has been very complex as a result to to try to figure out the the natural world and how humans interact with it. So it's 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 really challenging and it's it's a lot of fun
0: yes it's always better to have a chance to work with all these other fabulous scientists who can hopefully teach you something too
1: yep and and i'm always learning i'm always enjoying learning more and that's one of the key things i think um why many people go into science why almost everybody goes into science is that they enjoy learning and and they view science not as just a career, but a lifelong opportunity to learn.
0: You mentioned that you work with virologists. Uh, One thing we've all had to deal with this past year, regardless of the field that we work in, has been the pandemic. How has COVID impacted your work?
1: COVID has affected us hugely as as it has everybody. Uh, We went essentially from working in our offices, in our labs, out in the field, to essentially doing what we call maximum telework, where everybody is working from home and and we went from that in the space of about two weeks so i I been work so I started working with a number of our 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 um, emergency management folks. They've taken the ball and and worked with our administrators and our senior leaders to help figure out this continually set of changing processes as as we understand COVID better and as as we uh, learn how to deal with it effectively. And and I can't take any credit for that. Our, our folks, there are a lot of other folks that work for the USGS and people that work outside the USGS who have been very key in helping us figure out how we do our work. Um, Pretty early on, we figured out how we could get people those those folks helped figure out how we could get out get people out in the field and still do the important field work that needs to be done, like setting up um water height measurement devices for understanding how high the waters rose during floods, um, how we can do water quality sampling, how we can do um sampling or or mapping of debris flows or things like that. So it's been a very big challenge for the USGS to figure out that. And then also, is the, that's what's known about the disease, uh, about the virus changes. How can we better incorporate that? So I've been sort of um, watching fr- largely from the sidelines uh, on that, but uh, really impressed at what the USGS can do. And and what our leaders and and emergency management experts and our administrative people have been able to do to figure out how we actually cope with it, and then on the science side, that in and it of itself is really interesting as well, because we have folks that that uh, look at at wildlife health and are actually have actually been studying, uh, for example, how how the virus might is there a problem with um with people who are doing bat rehabilitation um, or collecting bats out in the wild and and re- that have that need to be rehabilitated because of injuries is there a way that humans can transfer the virus back to bats and um and and what are the implications and and so we have people that have been working on that we have people, um, one of the things that um, link to my, and my work or my interests in environmental geochemistry, uh, we have folks that have been working along with a number of people from academia, from CDC, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the Environmental Protection Agency, um, about tracking um, out potential increases in in numbers of of covid cases by doing wastewater surveillance or or sewage surveillance and so we've had people working on that um uh people from our environmental health uh realm uh helping work on on that sort of topic and so it's so we we've actually had a fairly interesting role to play scientifically as well in terms of also uh, in terms of applying our different disciplines of science to understanding the disease the potential for transmission back and forth between humans and and animals and or or bats and and uh, a variety of other uh, and and how to help uh monitor for increases in cases um like we we've seen happen over over the course there've been sort of fluctuations in the in the rates and so are there ways that we can actually see in a community where they're starting to see an uptick um, by monitoring wastewater or sewage? So, it, again, a lot of different things going on.
0: That's really impressive. It must have been surreal, though, for all those disaster experts who are so used to studying disasters in the field to suddenly have to implement their disaster plans at home.
1: Well, and and that's what I found so impressive about our folks is that they were able to... Uh, take what they learned in natural disasters and and really use that to to get a jump start on how they can actually start planning for this. It's there's a lot of logistics, a a lot of things that processes that need to be thought through, et cetera. So it's 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 ready made for the people with that kind of expertise. And I have huge huge respect for our folks and the folks they're working with both inside and outside the USgs to uh, to help in that regard that's really impressive
0: now you've painted a really impressive picture of geology and geochemistry uh what kind of background or experience or uh, just habits would you recommend for uh, people who are listening who may want to follow in your footsteps
1: well that's that's a really good question the I think there's a, a, a need in the, in the sciences for people that can focus specifically on one discipline and, or a sub-discipline and be able to really get down to the nitty-gritty. I also think there are, is a very strong need for the people like me who like to work outside and, and make connections and, and help, help different disciplines come together and work. And I think that there's, uh, so what I would encourage though, is that even the scientists that love to focus in on a particular topic, be able to take enough different science or else be able to look into the literature and the other sciences and, and figure out how they can actually apply what might be known or work with other people from other disciplines to help figure out how... They can actually apply their knowledge to help the other disciplines problems, but also uh, help other have be receptive to how other disciplines can help make them start thinking about their own particular area of discipline. So I think having areas of focus and becoming educated in those, but also having enough in the way of coursework and 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 collaborations that you have the ability to uh, Work outside your own specific discipline is is the best thing that I would um, best thing that I would uh, recommend people be able to do. And there are there are folks that um, so both the Geological Society of the America of America and the American Geophysical Union now have e- uh, either a geology and health in the case of the Geological Society of America or geo health. Um, sections in, in as part of the those um, societies that are devoted to uh, essentially how can we best train our our workforce to work in these truly cross-disciplinary or transdisciplinary areas and 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 there may end up being specific degrees that people could be obtaining in geology and health down the road that would would, be integrating training fr- from the public health specialists or the medicine specialists, but also training from the earth scientists. So um, so there are people in those different sections in both AGU and GSA that are interested in doing that. And we're delighted that in, in the health in the case of the public health people, there are people from that discipline that are very happily engaging us and working with us as well and helping us understand what we can do better.
0: That's great advice. We need people with all different perspectives working together.
1: Yep, that's right. That's very, very, and 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 keeping keeping a broad and open mind on how you can how you can work with others. The other the other thing that I would say though too is that always be cognizant of where uh, I would tell somebody always be cognizant of where your expertise is the best and don't try to move beyond it unless you can engage somebody else to help you understand where they're coming from. Um, And so the prime case in point is if we are geologists looking at geology and health, we do not move into an area that would be the equivalent of practicing medicine without a license. We, We don't make pronouncements on things that are beyond our area of expertise. But rather, we work with the public health people and help work collectively. That will understand where they can make um, insights and comments about about the health aspects. We provide them the geologic information or the geochemical information that helps inform them. But we do not be we're not the ones that make the uh, pronouncements about about how something might influence health. So we need to we. We need to be cognizant of our disciplines, but we need to be able to work beyond and and let the others do the uh, do the expert speak when when that is needed, and then we can both work together when it's a it's a joint picture that needs to be presented to to help explain a particular phenomenon.
0: That's a really good point. Uh, we all need to work within our limitations. Just because someone's a genius in one field doesn't mean that they're a genius in all fields.
1: Yep, that's that's very true.
0: We're all just human.
1: Yep, yep. And and there's each discipline has so many different things, so many different pathways, so many different facts and 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 concepts and theories to learn. There's no way that any one person can accommodate those all um in their own brain. So that's again where working collaboratively, that's the biggest thing that that I would uh, as you can tell through the the theme throughout this whole discussion is how can we uh, work collaboratively with all these different disciplines and keep an eye open and be creative to think about how my knowledge might be able to help them, but also have them help us understand uh, how their thinking might help us understand our based on the questions that they ask. How might their knowledge help us understand our our discipline better?
0: The world's too complicated for any one field to completely explain it.
1: Yep, that's right. That's right. Uh, I think that's really the way that science is going these days, that we truly need all these different disciplines and and many that haven't necessarily worked extensively together before um, interacting and, and communicating and overcoming communications barriers, jargon barriers, things like that. But working together to help solve these complex problems that are are facing the world. Wonderful.
0: Now, Jeff, you've been really inspiring today. Uh, but I'm curious, who inspired you while you were studying or in your early career?
1: Well, I've had a whole bunch of different folks that that I can lay claim to uh, having inspired me. I, I've always, I've had certain professors, both in undergraduate, who have been really inspiring. Um, in graduate school, who've been really inspiring, the people that I've worked with at the USGS. I mentioned I had a mentor that helped me move from understanding um, geothermal system type processes that are very hot, boiling waters, things like that, uh, and then better understand what happens in the environment at uh, seventy degrees Fahrenheit, which is a much, much different temperature range. So I've I've had a men- mentors that have really helped me there. I've I've had mentors all the way along through every step of my career that have been very, very accommodating and in, in their and very gracious and generous in the time that they spend. So I, I I have a whole series of them.
0: And it sounds like you're not just transdisciplinary within the sciences, uh, but also within the social sciences too.
1: That that's right. And and I'm learning a lot from from the social scientists that we now have working with the USGS as well.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. Now you started to touch on this a little bit, uh, but I'd like you to expand a, a little more. Uh, looking to the long term, what would you like to have as the legacy of your career when you retire?
1: Well, I—that's a really interesting question. I think my—I would love for my legacy to be uh, that I'm a a, a capable integrator that I've been an and and collaborator and somebody that's been able to look look into many different career careers or many different disciplines and help get people working together and as a result helping solve problems that were not readily solvable with just a single discipline's approach so I uh, I think being somebody that has able to Work collaboratively and bring all these different disciplines together, and and think of creative ways to bring disciplines together to help solve problems. Would be the the one thing that I would hope my uh, career will will I'll be remembered for, and also perhaps as a result of that, all the different people who are working um, now, uh, early to mid career that uh, may have. Seen new opportunities develop as a result of the work that I was able to do. And, and hopefully I've been able to mentor people as well and thinking about how they can work more broadly and, and get more and more people involved in this great transdisciplinary or interdisciplinary science adventure that we're all on. It sounds like you're well on your way to that legacy. Well, I hope so. I, it's sure been fun. And, um, and hopefully, uh, hopefully it will continue to happen still. Um, for for a number of years.
0: Now, my final question for today—it's kind of a complicated one—but I find that the world is changing at lightning speed, and the field that a person enters at the beginning of their career can be completely different by the time that they retire. So, uh, where do you see the geosciences going in the future, and what advice do you have for young people to anticipate some of those changes and get ahead of the curve?
1: Well, and, and that's a really good question, and I've actually been seeing so. Um, as i've told you i've been able to to move in many different career directions and and think or work with different disciplines and so to me that's that's really what i would advise people to do is be able to think outside your own specific discipline this i i think i talked about this earlier in the in the podcast be able to think outside your discipline enough or recognize where you might be able to bring in other disciplines and have the flexibility and the interest in in engaging people and being willing to have your own knowledge and expertise challenged by working outside your specific discipline. So flexibility, um, being able to think outside the box, training, uh, encouraging that part of a person's inner psyche is to be able to To be creative and look for opportunities and and be willing to have dialogues with people that are coming from very different backgrounds, very different science backgrounds, very different social backgrounds, community backgrounds, things like that as well. Um, so, flexibility and the ability to think outside the box, I think, are, are two of the biggest things.
0: The uh, higher that you go in academia, the more you realize that those lessons that you learned in your early schooling about getting along with others and listening to different perspectives are actually incredibly important.
1: Yep. Yep. Uh, and and one quick story, the um, as I told you, I, I started out my career looking at, so I was an undergraduate in geology and then my graduate student focus was on how um, ore deposits or mineral deposits form in in the Earth's crust. And that actually, I think, because you need to to understand how ore deposits form, you need to understand how the Earth works, you need to understand how magmas form, you need to understand how geothermal fluids interact with rocks, understand what are the chemical changes in geothermal fluids that would cause the metals that have leached out of the rocks at depth when they're coming up to the surface to then change in chemistry and precipitate. Um, so people that study how ore deposits form actually are the the most transdisciplinary of, the, of a lot of the geologists. And so I think that set me up well for, under, and then being able to understand chemistry and geochemistry. Enabled me to to move into environmental geochemistry and then environmental geochemistry and health. Uh, so, it, I I think again that that is being able to understand a lot of different aspects of the way the earth works, how how organisms interact with the earth, how humans interact, and uh, all of those things. Being able to bring all those things together, we we're. we're in part due to my ability to, or the requirement that I had to, which was learn a lot of different aspects of geology to to understand how ore deposits form, and then how how can we better accomplish resource development with uh, with minimal impacts on the environment. So it, it's funny the way that set the stage for my whole career. I think it's like your opening and closing thesis. Yep. Yep. That's right.
0: Those are all the questions I have for today. Is there anything that I missed, or anything you want to add before I let you go?
1: Uh, no, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to um, to get interviewed, and and um, I I always love talking about my work. I also really uh, want to give kudos to all my great colleagues across the USGS and and in so many different disciplines outside the USGS. It, it definitely is not my career. It's, I, th- I think, a collective collaborative career that I want to make sure I give, give people abundant credit for. I'm just, the, I look at myself as the lucky recipient of the gift of a lot of knowledge from a lot of different people and, and the, the fun job of helping facilitate or, or bring together collaborations to, to make a lot of fun stuff happen and important science happen.
0: That's a great attitude as a leader. Always thank the team. Yep. Well, Jeff, thanks for sharing your time, your passion, your stories, uh, and your belief in multidisciplinarianism. I really appreciated it.
1: Well, thanks again for the opportunity, and I, I hope to uh, be able to visit UBC at some point in the future. I actually have some colleagues that have worked there and and I, I think are still working there, So, and I see – the picture of the museum in the in your background, so it looks like a great place. And I will, I will definitely uh, stop by and say hi at some point.
0: I'll give you a private tour.
1: Yep. Uh, well, I appreciate that. That would be great. I'll look forward to it.
0: Thanks for listening to Honor. Honor is hosted by me and produced by myself, Kirsten Hodge. Our editor, Mel Woods and Ollie Beebe designed our logo. On Earth is made possible thanks to the generous support of the Canadian Geological Foundation. For more episodes like this one, please visit our website at pme.ubc.ca slash learn slash podcast or listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week here on Earth.